Hey everybody, it's Charity Gibson coming to you with another episode of the Badass Women of Promo podcast. Today with me, I have Leslie Ayuko from Order My Gear. And so interesting conversation we're going to have today. I know absolutely nothing about Leslie except for the fact that I know that she's a badass. And how I know this is that she stood up in the middle of WLC um, a couple weeks ago and had this crazy prophetic um, quote that she gave about fear. You guys may have seen it on the Instagram page. We were talking about um, advice you would give to your younger self. And one of the things that Leslie said was, learn that fear can only hinder you and do not take comfort in its familiarity. So Leslie, thanks for being here today. How the heck are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so pumped to be here with Badass Women Promo. I am so pumped that you're here. I just, I'm so interested to get to know you and learn about everything that you stand for. So right off the bat, I want to know, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you came into promo? Because I'll be honest, I didn't know your name before WLC. I'm so <laughs> glad I learned it. I'm so glad I found you, but tell, tell us about who you are and how you got here. Sure. So I'm a Texas girl born and raised. I am Kenyan by marriage. I met my husband while working as a project manager for a nonprofit um, in Kenya right after college. Um, currently, I'm an account manager for the promotional products industry with uh, a great company called Order My Gear. We specialize in making web stores simple for group sales while providing services as an extent of your business. So graphic designers, creative services team, trainings, uh, tech support, analytic reporting to track growth, um, how to grow our distributors' companies further. Um, the way I actually got into this industry is just like quite a whirlwind. I was an elementary music teacher for several years, and then I got my master's actually in nonprofit administration and development uh, back in December and realized that I just loved just the business industry in general. And the more I learned about business, whether it's for-profit or non-profit, um, the more I loved it, the more I wanted to just make that career change. And so um, I felt like I had to had more to offer than just like the confines of this box of music education. And so in December, I just took the leap, took the risk, um, made that career change, and I haven't regretted it. So I'm kind of a newbie in this promo industry for about a little over six months now, and it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so I didn't realize how fresh and you were. That is so super cool. And the fact that you jumped straight into coming to the women's event and just go, went in full force, I think that definitely says a lot about your personality. So super cool. We're glad to have you. And um, a little bit about the promotional products industry. Um, I think I've been saying now for about five years that the promotional products industry is a little bit like Hotel California. So once you're here, you're here for life. You can never leave. So <laughs> welcome and you're staying. <laughs> like, like now all I hear is that song right now. <laughs> right? No. So funny. So, and it's so, um, it's interesting. You were talking about, um, your marriage and the only thing that I know about you from, I'm looking at your Instagram profile and things like that. You also have two of the most beautiful children I think I've ever oh. seen in my life. They are so gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Thank How you. old are they? Uh, my son, Liam, he's, uh, approaching four. So he's about like three and a half ish. Ah. And then my daughter, Sela, she is 10 months. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. They're so cute. Okay. I just had to ask. Cause I'm like, my daughter's, I talk about her like in every podcast. I'm like, she's growing up. And then I see these little ones. I'm like, I don't want anymore. I don't have baby fever. I'm going to be a, an empty nester at 42. I'm totally okay with this, but they're just like, you want to squish them. They're so cute. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> like This is definitely a female podcast. Sorry. Um, so I guess just kind of getting into the meat of it. Um, when, like I mentioned when, in the intro, when we were at WLC, we were asked that question about the advice we would give our 14-year-old selves. Obviously, we were talking about um, facing insecurities. We were talking about the, you know, the inner critic that comes out. Mm-hmm. And you came back with that quote, and I'll say it again, uh, just that, um, you know, don't take comfort in the familiarity of fear. And I'm just curious can you tell me a little bit more about the history behind that? Like has, how has moving past this comfort helped you find familiarity of fear, helped in your career? Like how did you, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> such, such wise words. <laughs> sure. So um, I think uh, I've battled with fear just from like a really young age from just having nightmares or um, daydreaming about like, what I hope doesn't happen, just all the worries. Uh, I think I was kind of like a pretty anxious child in general, but I also was like a perfectionist. And so just that group in general where you like, I have this plan and I want this to go right. And you're still kind of anxious, but you're worried about all these doubts. Like it, it, it made me pretty stagnant, I think. And um, so I think just in general, like as humans, we create habits so easily, like whether we realize it or not. So I think even just those mental habits are made even quicker or easier because sometimes we aren't conscious of like the negative thoughts that we are having about someone or something, or um, we're choosing to be angry or hold offense instead of reconciling or in just in this case in general, just fear. And so the control of fear gets less and less, the more I consciously battle it. And so um, if I fight for what I want, if I go after what I'm passionate about, um, or just what makes me come alive, I realized just in my history, um, the less uh, the less strong or like the weaker the chains of like fear um, becomes. And so uh, I know just for me in general, like key moments in my life that have been pivotal to um, me jumping out of that familiarity of fear would be um, like the choice to move to Kenya to work instead of getting master's right after graduating with bachelor's. Um, becoming a mom, which you know, like <laughs> you have these little eyes now looking at you. And so you're like, dang, like I have to conquer my fear so they can conquer their fear. I have to, uh, I'm now like the standard or example. Um, so it's like this mutual accountability, you know, to conquer your own fears and doubts so that they can know how to do the same. And then um, just like we talked about just the recent career change into the promo industry. So um, just moving past that comfort, which for me was elementary music and it's what I knew. Uh, I got my bachelor's in music. Um, so it was stable, you know, education in general is, is a stable career path. Um, it wasn't easy by any means, you know, just the whole discipline side of things and just the like red tape and all the facets of education in general. Um, but if you're under pressure long enough, you're, you're going to find comfort in it, right? Like you're going to start to bend. You're going to start to weaken slowly, but surely, whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, you're going to get used to it. And so um, I think if, if any of us are found ourselves in a negative situation, we have to make that conscious decision that at the root, what's keeping us there is fear. And so we have to figure out ways to confront that fear 
that's keeping us stagnant in that place. And so um, the more I acknowledged how much better or different my life would be, um, my thought life, my relationships with friends and family, just by taking the leap, just by confronting my fear, stepping out of what was quote unquote the norm, I realized it was worth my sanity, my well-being, and I mean, just my general worth um, would change. So why not take that leap? Um, yeah, for sure. And even at the conference, like being a newbie in general, I was like so fearful. Like the conference in general, it just exceeded my expectations. But just like coming into this space that's so intimate, so genuine, seeing powerful women um, with their roles and their companies just owning who they are and me being a newbie, I was like, oh gosh, like do, do I have a seat at this table? Uh, do I have something worth saying to contribute? And I realized just the more that I networked and had like felt just the genuine camaraderie, um, I realized like that my voice and my opinions were valuable and welcomed and acknowledged and clearly way, way more than I thought it would be in general. And so like getting to meet you and know you. And so, yeah, it's just been really, really cool to see what happens once we acknowledge the presence of fear, acknowledge that we ourselves just, you know, unconsciously, subconsciously have like found comfort in it because we're staying there, right? Like if we are uncomfortable in general, we're going to get out of a situation. But if we are just subconsciously finding comfort here because eh, it's what we know, it's what we do. Like, ah, eh, this is just the way things are. It's like, no, I, I know deep inside. I, I desire more. I want more. So let me get after it. Let me um, shake the dust, so to speak, and just go for it. And just go for it. Oh, and you said something so important and that's a key phrase. I think that so many, um, I'm going to say women, but it's not, it's definitely not um, just just a, a thing that women face. I think obviously there men have insecurities too, and so sometimes they don't do this. Sometimes we wait for people to give us a seat at the table. We wait for um, somebody to give us permission to to, to do that. And somebody um, actually last week was asking me like, how did you get where you are? How do you, you know, how do you have all this? And you've got this career and you've put yourself in this place. I don't have that. And I want it. And I said, I didn't wait for anybody to give me a seat at the table. I took the damn thing. Like, yes. you know, I like, I will stand I up it. and I will say it. And it is scary sometimes. Like we were just talking before the phone, before we pressed record, um, about our inner critic and the things that we say to ourselves. And I'm always one to stand up. And if I have an opinion or if I have a comment on the situation, I stand up and I will talk about it. And I will say that into the microphone and I will put it out there. And there is fear of judgment. And the biggest thing that I fear is like, oh, there's charity again. Like, can't she keep her mouth shut? And then I realize there are probably people that say that. And for you guys, um, I won't say, you know, shove it or anything like that. I'd be like, I'm, I'm sorry, because sometimes I know I talk a lot and I have opinions about everything. Um, but more so what I've learned is that when I say that, um, just like talking with you, I learn that my story helps someone and that my opinion helps someone and that me not being so afraid to stand up in front of the crowd and voice that opinion. Um, you know what? maybe not everybody's agreeing and maybe, um, you know, with what's said in a, in a general forum and me standing up and voicing that opinion, just give somebody that sigh of relief. Like, Oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that feels this way. Like someone else is there with me and it builds that bond and that it, it strengthens others and builds confidence in others. And so your story, who cares if you're new, you still are, you're here for a reason. You're here because you're intelligent. You're here because you have ambition. You're here because, you know, 
um, for whatever brought you here and for you to stand up in that forum uh, in all of us and take that seat and take, you know, make that place for yourself. I wish that more women would understand. Um, I said this in the last podcast too, that every single woman in this industry is a badass woman of promo and everybody deserves that title and it's out there and it's right in front of you. And all you have to do is just open your hand and just take it. Don't wait for somebody to give you permission to make a podcast, start a blog, um, take a new career path, stand up and hold the microphone and give a slamming statement like you did. Just take the microphone and just say what you want to say. So awesome. Kudos for you for that. I think my next question, um, just leading off of what you were saying, because um, I'm fascinated by this. You have such a unique understanding of fear and such, I feel like, as a high emotional intelligence. Um, you know, people don't just get to the place where, like, I'm just going to overcome fear and I'm just going to, you know, stand up in the face of it and, and you know, face my adversity and, and go through. Like, did you have formal training or were there classes that you took or were there mentors in your life that helped bring you to this place or were you just this emotionally intelligent, like, your whole life for you, like – the oldest child and a group of like tell me a little bit more about that because I'm really curious how you how you became who you are yeah um goodness I am not the oldest by any means I'm the youngest of eight kids okay cool um large family uh large family of 10 um I know I am personally like I can I can swing either way they're being extroverted or introverted but I, I do a lot of things like internally thinking and I um and for sure, I don't know if you're like into the Enneagram, but I am an Enneagram number eight. Um, so it's like we thrive and learn um, through conflict, so to speak. So it's like I am always conscious of like why I am feeling the way I'm feeling. Why Why does this bother me? I have to know why this is bothering me. Right. Um, am I just being petty? Am I, <laughs> you know, like is there is there a root to this? Why am I feeling jealous about someone? Okay, I, it's because I, I desire to have this same trait or, you know, something of this sort. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think just because I'm so very much have a, an introverted side to me and kind of mull things over a lot, probably a lot more than I actually should, um, I have to come to terms to kind of like who I am so I can become more confident in who I am, mm-hmm. um, and kind of have that conviction and, and just kind of set values set for myself. Um, I know my mom for sure is just like for her to like hone her, her own self and be such a badass woman herself. Um, especially after having eight kids and then going back to get her bachelor's, oh, wow. um, she for sure kind of like just paved the way of um, honing who she is, who she is, where she is emotionally letting us know of her like needs, not in a um, like burdensome way by any means, but you just knew like mama's doing this right now. Mama's doing that right now. You know, like mm-hmm. um, to kind of set those boundaries for herself because she was conscious and very intuitive of what her children needs, but also what she needs. And so yeah. um, I think just from, her setting that example and me wanting to set that example for sure for my own children. Um, I'm, I'm doing what it takes. I'm doing the necessary for self care, but also um, to grow career wise and to um, set that bar for my own children. So, yeah. That's very powerful. Once you in, 
not many people get to this place. So you're fascinating me right now. And it, my geek starts to show and my like total inner nerdiness comes out because I've studied a lot of what drives human behavior. Mm -hmm. And obviously you go through like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and like all of that, you know, mm -hmm. like psychology comes into play. Um, but when you mentioned like the Enneagram, I think that's one of the most interesting things when people are so in touch with what is driving their behavior instead of just being frustrated at the symptom oh, jealousy, or oh, you know, they talk crap, or oh, you know, whatever these little things might be that nitpick us, or our insecurities, or our fears, and things like that. When you mm -hmm. take that as a symptom instead of the actual problem, and you work your way back to what that root, what's causing that symptom to occur, and you can fix the root of the problem, or the, you know, you can repair that foundation, not even that it's broken, but even just being aware of it, it's like, okay, because I'm doing this behavior, I know that something is off over here. And when I go back and I address that, mm -hmm. then we can move forward and be a lot more productive. You're not spinning the same wheel. You're getting past the superficial problems that you have. And um, I just think, wow, in a workplace setting, this is so important because I think understanding that different people have different drivers and different people have a different understanding of what drives them and what drives others, even if others don't know what's driving their behavior, it gives us the ability to have so much more grace in the workplace, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm frustrated with this, but I also know that something must be going on in that person's life that's causing this to happen. So I'm going to chill over here and just work on me kind of thing. Yeah. Or to reach out and help them through it. So uh, love that. And I love that you recognize that it came from your mom and that you had such a strong mother figure growing up. That is the coolest thing to hear. And that she took her needs and put them like she knew that she couldn't, you know, pour from an empty kettle kind of thing or empty cup kind of a thing like she filled her cup and then she was able to be 100% so that she could pour her best into all of you so stinking cool okay so now I'm super happy this is awesome um, <laughs> love you even more now um, so then I guess the things that I would ask you just having this information obviously and then also now knowing that you're so new in the industry I'm curious how do you like it what do you do you what have you found so far? Obviously you said WLC was awesome because we were there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but as far as the industry at a whole, like, um, are you, are the systems and processes there that you like? Are the people cool? And, and aside from what all you love about it, what have you noticed so far? If you could change anything just in your six months, what, what do you think you'd tweak a little bit? Um, just having an outsider's point of view to kind of make it better or different or more relevant. Yeah. Um, first off, I just love like this whole promo industry just because the more that I've had to learn about it being such a newbie, the more like of a rabbit hole it kind of is, you know, like it, it's so broad and it's so in that same sense because of it's, it's so broad. There's, there's room for everyone, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's room for everyone to thrive and succeed. Um, goodness. Uh, obviously WC was awesome. I love the uh, space for women in this, um, in this industry. Uh, I would say like if, if there were any changes I would make, I would love for there to be like, I remember it was mentioned at the conference, just having more women in executive leadership roles within the industry. Um, especially if they're not, you know, like you're saying, like making your own table, you know, for yourself, but I think just having that space for women, um, even talking with Daryl Griffin at um, WLC, which I had like the honored meeting. She's so 
elegant and so wise. And so me and her were having a great conversation and just the desire to see even more African-American women in the industry, mm-hmm. whether it's like being a member of the association. And it made me think of um, Vicki Ostrom. She even mentioned the Marion Wright Edelman quote about you can't be what you can't see. And so um, I think in general, I believe it's just 100% true in this industry, whether it's being a woman of color, as an association member, just having women in, in leadership in the promo industry is would just be awesome to see those changes within the next like several years. Um, I also think like the perception that this among those, well, like in the industry of some that I've talked to and those outside of the industry, just the whole like trinkets and trash concept, mm-hmm. like that, that that's just what you're doing. It's just trinkets and trash. I'm like, no, there's so much more value that each distributor offers, um, personal relationships that are being built there. Um, even the, the product itself is so much more about like experience. Like, um, I think, uh, Brittany David mentioned this about, it's more than just like you ordering 500 mugs. Like, no, that you are ordering like 500 ways of saying thank you to a person that, or an attendee or something, you know, like there's, there's much more weight than just the product itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think through my role, I, I think, just innovation and technology in general for the way that the products are sold or presented to customers. Um, but also within this industry, it's important to keep that uh, relational value um, that so many already offer, whether it's handwritten notes or sending flowers or just having those relationships with your end user is very important. And so um, with me even considering like joining Order My Gear, I remember a huge value that they offered was their intentionality and maintaining a relationship even through their platform, whether it's like being quick on support or um, just knowing when um, an owner of a company's like child was born. So you send them a onesie, you know, just those Mm -hmm. little little things, um, keeping that intentionality. Yes. You know, we're a tech, tech software company helping with online stores, but also like we know you, we want to know you and we build that through relationship. So that's huge. I I was just in an interview um, last week and we were talking about uh, the industry and what my favorite part of the industry is. And it's funny. I have so many favorite things. It's impossible to just like pick one, but you mentioned that the idea that you're not just selling 500 mugs, that you're ordering 500 ways to say thank you. And that was one of the main points that I've always tried to keep because I think after, I mean, you've been here for six months, it's still magic for you. And I want you to, I want everybody to always understand that when we're selling promotional products, I remember the day that I got my business cards and my first order of pens and everybody's like, oh, it's just a pen, you know, and, and it is in a sense, Mm -hmm. um, but to me, it was magical. To me, that was, I had a vision of this company that I wanted to start. I had this dream in my head about this stupid little monkey and this company called Green Banana. And I, I grew up poor. Like, I, who thought that, you know, you can't start your own business. Well, guess what? I did. And I didn't know if I was going to be a success or a failure. But the day that those pens came in the mail and that box opened and I saw this logo that was only in my head before and it was only on a piece of paper and I only saw it on a computer screen, and this box of pens showed up with this monkey and this logo on it. And I was like, I did it. This is my trophy. Like I freaking made it. I little Charity Gibson from small town Tucson, Arizona, opened my own business. To me, this is 
the best day of my life. And it was a 24 cent pen because that's all I could afford the first day that I opened my business. But I knew that those are important. You know, if I'm going to be a product of the product, I'm going to, if I'm going to sell promo, I have to believe in it and I have to use it to build my own business. And that's all I could do at that moment, but it was magic. And we forget sometimes in this industry that what we do is magic, that we have the ability, um, actually one of the girls, I have an assistant that I, helps me with some of my social media stuff for suppliers that I do. And she was talking yesterday about personal engagement and how important it is that we're so in touch with our customers. And um, two years ago, she got engaged and I saw that on Facebook. I was, I was just a social media person. I wasn't a salesperson at that time, but I messaged the owner of the company um, that I was doing social media for, which happens to be Fearless Umbrella. And I said, Hey, this girl just got engaged. Can we give her an umbrella with a cute clip art that says congratulations and a little wedding ring or like engagement ring on the umbrella? And so we did, we printed, um, printed that out and it was, you know, congratulations and her name with the little wedding ring. And she got that. And the day that she opened that box, she messaged me in the sales room for the territory. And she's like, you guys, you didn't. Holy cow. Best day of my life. And she just brought that up again yesterday. She's like, it's so, so important. Even if you're using social media to build your business, it doesn't matter. Promotional products, when you do stuff like that, it was magical. It was one piece. It was a little thing. It was a you know $10 umbrella, but it made such a huge impression on her. And I think that's, I love that you're so early on and you recognize that it's so much more than just a transaction, even though you're in the company that's facilitating the transaction. Okay. So I guess my last question for you then, and, uh, so super excited. I just, I just see so many bright things for you. I'm just I'm like, Ooh, I love this. I can't wait for everybody to meet you. Like I'm meeting you. Um, so my last question would be, I know obviously new to the industry, you met Daryl. So right off the bat, you're doing good. Um, <laughs> aside from that, I'm, I'm just curious of all the people that you've met in your tenure here, uh, who would you consider to be a badass promo and why? Wow. Um, uh, obviously Daryl left a mark on me um for her to be honored and then be like hey let's talk um i know another woman that i've met and been talking to is renee jones from a creative touch in north carolina i believe um she she and daryl are both just like major trailblazers and go-getters in their own right mm -hmm. um just daryl like we have that commonality of taking that career change from education and now she's president of her own company accolades Inc. in Atlanta and Renee was just so cool to get to know um, just to know like her hunger to learn more and do more and she shared uh, a story about how and why she got her MAS plus certification and it was it boiled down to just her wanting to be the best to provide the best and she understood what that meant that that that, that took just blood sweat and education you know she wanted to increase her value to her her customers and so she she got after it she needed to know why certain things were important what she needed to know about the industry in general and she just kind of as you're saying like made her own table paved her own way so i i value them so 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 much in our conversations that we had that's so awesome so cool i know that they will be very happy to hear that and um leslie we're i just am looking forward to so many big things from you for you in this industry. I'm so glad you're here and um, incredibly glad that you took the time and had the courage to raise your hand that day after um, 
that session went on. So thank you so much for um, just for being here and for sharing your wisdom. I definitely want to talk more and uh, keep this conversation going. So I'm guessing we'll probably have you on again um, at a future date, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me and reaching out and um, wanting to get to know me. So that's, that's really cool and welcoming me as a newbie here. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely more people are going to be following you hopefully and getting to know you as well. Um, looking forward to seeing what you do. Um, especially on those diversity initiatives. So we'll definitely look out for you. Be on the lookout, guys. Leslie Ayuko. And um, everybody here, thank you again so much for listening, for supporting the Badass Women of Promo podcast. If you are interested in sponsorship, want to nominate a Badass Women of Promo, or have a quote on how to be a badass, just visit badasswomenofpromo.com. Also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Common Skew, who is just a huge supporter of the podcast and is doing great things supporting women in leadership roles in the industry. Also, Keepsake Box, Coaster Stone Custom, and Peerless Umbrella as well. So thank you all so much for being here, for spending your time with us, and we will see you again very soon.